Introduction Marilyn Monroe was found dead in the early hours of the 5th of August, 1962, lying face down in her bed, naked with her hands by her side. Autopsy reports stated that the popular Hollywood star had died of barbiturate overdose. The body was discovered when her housekeeper noticed that Monroe's bedroom light was on around midnight. After knocking on the door a few times and getting no answer, she called Monroe's psychiatrist, who arrived and broke in through a window to find her dead body. The police arrived around 4.30 a.m. Despite the fact that the coroner ruled the death as the result of a drug overdose, many conspiracy theories have been proposed. Many people believe that the death was not an overdose, but a murder. This audiobook is an attempt to look at Monroe's death, how it happened, and the many conspiracy theories floating around even 50 years after her death. Chapter 1. Marilyn Monroe's Life Marilyn Monroe was born as Norma Jean Mortensen on the 1st of June 1926 in Los Angeles, California. She was baptized as Norma Jean Baker. Norma never knew who her father was, and her mother Gladys developed psychiatric problems and was placed in a mental institution. She spent most of her time in orphanages and foster care. She said that she was raped when she was 11 years old in a foster home. She was married to Jimmy Dordery in 1942 at the age of 16. Dordery was a merchant marine, and he was sent to the South Pacific. Marilyn began working in a munitions factory and was discovered by a photographer. In 1946, she became a successful model and had changed her name to Marilyn Monroe and dyed her hair blonde to become an actress. She also divorced Dordery in the same year. She gained a lot of attention with her short role in the Asphalt Jungle in 1950 and impressed everyone with her performance in All About Eve. Soon, she was one of the best-known faces in Hollywood and starred in movies such as Niagara and Gentlemen Prefer Blondes in 1953. Her success in light comedy movies continued with How to Marry a Millionaire, There's No Business Like Show Business, and The Seven-Year Itch. She then moved to New York City to study acting and returned to movies such as Bus Stop, The Prince and the Showgirl, and Some Like It Hot, for which she also won a Golden Globe Award. By the early 1960s, her personal life was in turmoil, and her professional life as well. Her last two movies were Let's Make Love and The Misfits, both of which flopped at the box office. On August 5, 1962, she was found dead in her bed at the young age of 36. Chapter 2. Her Final Years In the early 1960s, Maryland was abusing barbiturates and amphetamines. She had been suffering from depression, anxiety, and insomnia for many years, and these drugs calmed her. Her professional life was going down the drain as a result of her drug abuse. She would find it difficult to remember her lines and was late on sets. She acquired a bad reputation in Hollywood because of this, and film studios refused to work with her. She acted in two movies in the 1960s. Let's Make Love was released in 1960, and The Misfits released in 1961. Both movies turned out to be commercial failures and did not garner any appreciation from the critics. While working on The Misfits, she had to spend a week in the hospital for detox. In January 1961, her marriage with Arthur Miller ended in divorce. The year 1961 was full of health problems for her. She underwent surgery for her endometriosis and cholecystectomy and ended up spending four weeks in the hospital. She also spent some time in the mental ward for her depression. In 1962, 
She received the World Film Favorite Golden Globe Award and had signed up with 20th Century Fox's Something's Got to Give. A few days before filming was to begin, she caught sinusitis and was advised to rest. But Fox started the movie as scheduled. Shooting began in late April 1962, but Marilyn was too sick to work on the movie for a majority of the six weeks. More than one doctor confirmed that Marilyn was ill, but Fox believed that she was faking her illness and continued shooting as scheduled. On the 19th of May, she was on stage to sing Happy Birthday for John F. Kennedy's birthday at Madison Square Garden. She then went back to working on the Fox movie. After her 36th birthday on the 1st of June, she did not appear for shooting for several days. Fox fired her on the 7th of June and sued for breach of contract. They demanded $750,000 in damages and replaced her with Lee Rimmick. 